Take a moment, look at your neighbor and say, God makes all things new. Come on, come on. How many of you need something new to happen in 16? Amen. A few of us in here. Today, uh, I, I, I'm excited, <clears throat> excuse me, about this year. I'm excited about the first six months of this year in a big kind of way. Next, next Sunday, we're going to start a brand new sermon series where we're going to talk about our seven core values as a church, um, wh- what we believe and who we are. And then we're going to move for that, and we're going to talk about, uh, as we approach um, our, this Easter season, we're going to talk about what is the church? Who are we supposed to be uh, in the world in which we live? What are we, how are we supposed to act? What is it that we believe? How should we carry ourselves? How do we deal with all of the change that's going on around us? And, so, and then we're going to get to Easter. And I just want you to know that Easter is going to be absolutely phenomenal. You just need to, I'm telling you, I've not been this excited. I know it's the first Sunday, and I know we're talking about something that's happened five months down the line. But I'm telling you, it is going to be an awesome, awesome Easter. We're going to have some really special, wonderful guests with us. So you just want to go ahead right now and invite some of your friends and neighbors to come and be a part of the celebration that's going to take place here. Um, Amen? And y'all act like you're waiting to, you know school's starting back like next week or something. And you got to start getting up early again or something, you know. I, I'm, I'm dragging a little bit too, but I've had a lot of coffee this morning, so I'm, I'm ready. So I'm going to need some help, because if you don't help me today, this sermon may go an hour and a half or something like that. But if you help me, you know, if I see you nodding off, I'm going to just preach longer, all right? Okay, we good? We good? We good? All right, all right. I'm just, all right, if you have your Bibles with you this morning, I want to invite you to turn to Colossians. Colossians chapter 3. You can follow along with me also on the screen. If you've got a smartphone, it's got the Uversion app on it, iPad, whatever it is, feel free to use that as well. I'm going to be reading today from the Common English Bible, I believe. Yes, Common English Bible. Colossians chapter 3, beginning with verse 1, and this is the Apostle Paul, and this is what he says. Therefore, if you were raised with Christ... Look for the things that are above where Christ is sitting at God's right hand. Think about the things above and not the things on earth. You died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is your life is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. So put to death the parts of your life that belong to the earth, such as sexual immorality, moral corruption, lust, evil desire, and greed, which is idolatry. The wrath of God is coming upon disobedient people because of these things. You used to live this way when you were alive to these things, but now set aside these things, such as anger and rage and malice and slander and obscene language. Don't lie to each other. Take off the old human nature with its practices and put on the new human nature which is renewed in knowledge by conforming to the image of the one who created it. In this image there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian or Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all things and in all people. Therefore is God's choice, that's you and me, holy in love, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience be tolerant with each other and if someone has a complaint against anyone forgive each other 
as the Lord forgave you, so also forgive each other. And over all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. This is the word of God for the people of God, and we say together, thanks be to God. Let us pray. Almighty God, we are just thankful today. I'm thankful today, God, to be here with my people, with my family, with my church family. I'm thankful, God, to, to offer this time today, uh, Lord, uh, to be uh, with you. So, Lord, I want to put off all the things that happened over the last few weeks. I want to uh, put away the to-do list in my mind uh, that starts tomorrow. And, God, I want to center myself right now. I want us to center ourselves right now, God, in you. So have your way with us, speak to us, touch our hearts by the power of your spirit and transform our minds that our actions might be different. And Lord, we give you all the praise and the honor and the glory today in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So how many of you have a to-do list already or a, a New Year's resolution list, the goals for next year? You got those written down? Everybody got them? How many? Two or three. How many of you know that you should have some goals and things written down so that you could uh, attain some things next year? Not that many more. Let me tell you, you need some goals. Well, let's, look, let's look at it this way. How many of you would say there's some things, uh, some attitudes, some behaviors that, I have, that happened to me last year that I don't want to take into this year? How many, any more hands raised on that? A few more? All right, I'm going to preach a long time. I'm just letting you know. Let me tell you, we need to, there needs to be some changes take place in our lives. Whether you realize it or not, there are some changes that need to take place in your life. Just all you folks sitting over there, uh, in the back, hiding behind people, there's some changes need to take place in your life. All you folks right here, y'all think just because there's a lot of people here, I don't see you. There needs to be some changes take place right here. You folks right here, there needs to be some changes in your life, some things you don't want to take into 16 that have been following you around in 15. And look at this group over here. All of you folks right here, same thing. There are some uh, lifestyle patterns, there are some attitudes, there's some bad habits. Uh, let me think if I can think of anything else. You know what I mean? There's some stuff that you don't want to take into 2016 that plagued you in 2015. You don't want to take that stuff. I want to, I want to change. Let me tell you, I, I want to go somewhere. I want the trajectory of my life and all my people's life and all of your life to change. I don't want to take all that junk with me into the future. I want to leave it behind. All God's people said amen. 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 Let's do that. Let's decide today that we're going to make some changes. We're going to do some things differently. You see, it's interesting. This is, we, this time, this changeover from last year to this year, it's like any other day. And it's just one second difference between December the 31st and January the 1st. We're used to the days changing. We're used to beginnings and endings. But this one is different. It's different because it has an effect on our minds. Whether we, uh, maybe whether you've written anything down or maybe whether you've decided that you're going to set some goals, in the back of our minds, even subconsciously, we're thinking about the new year, are we not? 
We're thinking about maybe where we're going to go on vacation or how much money we need to spend or how much money we don't need to spend or, or what lifestyle changes that we need to make or maybe it's buying a new house, maybe it's selling a house. Whatever it is, we, without us really knowing it, we set our mind to think about this new year and some things we want to do differently in this year. And so what I want to say to you today is let's be intentional about doing it. Let's be intentional intentional about making changes. You've heard that old adage, right? If you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every single time. If a lot of us are scared to think about New Year's resolutions and goals. Let's just be honest. We don't like to think about goals. Making goals and thinking about maybe having to reach a goal puts us in a place where we're, we're a little bit nervous about that. That maybe causes a, a little inner fear in us. I know that, that that's the case with many. But what would happen if we begin to make some changes, and I'm not talking about peripheral type changes. I'm talking about a change like this that the Apostle Paul talked about. Where he said, take off the old. Did y'all hear what he said? Take off the old and put on the new. I got some old stuff I want to take off and put on some new things. I don't want to just put on the new over the old, you know? I don't want to do that. I want to have a real heartfelt change in my life. That's what Paul said. Take off the old and put on the new. If you want to grow this year, I hope this, you're thinking this year about, I'm not going to talk to you, let me say it like this. I'm not going to talk to you about personal growth today. What I want to talk to you about is spiritual growth. That's kind of my business, right? Spiritual growth. And my desire for all of us, it's the desire for, again, for my family, for me personally, for all of you and all of you, that we grow together spiritually, that we change. And Paul said, if you're going to grow, if you're going to change, if you're going to be, if you're going to become what God wants you to be at any time, but especially in a new year, you're going to have to take off some old stuff and put on the new Take off the old and put on the new. Now, now again, Paul's not talking about just some, you know, our, the number one New Year resolution for, and for Americans. You know what it is, right? It's losing weight and getting in shape. Paul's not talking about some outward appearance when he's talking about taking off the old. I need to take off some old Thanksgiving and Christmas myself. But that's not what Paul's talking about. He's talking about a radical life transformation. It's not just on the outside, but it's something that takes place on the inside. It's a radical transformation, a heart change that, that needs to take place, <clears throat> excuse me, in all of us. You know what it is? I like to use the scientific term as I was thinking about this uh, this week. It's metamorphosis. You know what that means, right? It, it's when the caterpillar goes into the cocoon and it comes out a butterfly. It's when, uh, and what happens to that uh, ugly little worm is it begins to change its character and its appearance and its insides begin to change. And when it pops out of that chrysalis, what is it? It's this beautiful butterfly. And that's what needs to happen to us. We need to be transformed. We need to be renewed. Paul said it this way in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. You remember he said, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't be conformed, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So you know what he's saying?
He says, our thoughts need to change, our attitudes need to change, our habits need to change. Everything in us, all the way down to that very core of who we are, needs to change. We don't need to be conformed, we need to be transformed. See, be transformed. Don't, don't take on the attitude of the world around you. Reject those things that are not godly and don't lead you into right places. Let me tell you, reject uh, the, what the world says, the, the whole worldview about how we're to look at each other and how we're to look at people and how we're to act. We, we don't let that happen here. In this place, we are unified, not because of the color of our skin, not because of where we're from, not because of our ethnicity, but we come together in unity because of one thing, and that is Jesus. And that, you see, is our world. We reject any notion that says we need to be divided. We check... We, we, any idea that says we can't move and be who all God is calling us to be. We have a different set of values and a different worldview right here. If somebody ought to say amen. I'm going to add 15 minutes to it if you don't. Amen. That's right. We need to change. We need a, a transformation to take place in our life. And what's Paul talking about? What's this transformation? It's about sin, isn't it? See, we, we live in, in a world that's full of sin. And let's just call it what it is. We, we live in a world, what Paul say, to put off immoral behavior and sexual promiscuity and, and greed and all those things that he said for, that we need to put away. And when I read them, a lot of us, you know, well, we're really not dealing with those things. But we, so we just kind of put them off to the side. But I want you to know our world, the world in which we live, is driven by immoral attitudes and immoral behaviors. I mean, sex sells in this country. Do you know that? Our men's Bible study on 7.30 Tuesday morning, y'all to come. We have some really uh, great conversation in there. And we've been talking about uh, what the Christian view is on things like sex over the last two weeks. And we started talking about this, and we're doing this study. And, and we came to the point, and, and one of the members of our group brought up this whole commercial, this Hardy's commercial. Y'all seen this new Hardy's commercial? It's a very... Um, sexually driven it's this uh sports uh sports illustrated model in a hot tub in the back of a big four-wheel drive truck driven by a race car driver and she's eating a hamburger about this big a hardy's hamburger about this big now we all know that you can't eat a hamburger that big and look like she does i mean it just don't work that way there is a sales going on in that and, and so there's a, it just happened, I was reading Wall Street Journal over the last couple of weeks, and they had an article about Hardee's and their CEO uh, in the Wall Street Journal, and this is what they said. They asked him, did he ever feel like that, he, that Hardee's crossed the line in their advertising? And the CEO said this, he said, we will stop at, we will, he said, we haven't gone too far, and we will stop at nothing to reaching the demographic that they were trying to reach. 18 to 34 year old males. They spent $130 million on advertising Hardy's trying to reach that demographic. Let me tell you, they got 1 billion what's called earned looks from that one advertising and they are projecting over $500 million in sales. You believe sex sales in our country? See, we live in a world that's just promiscuous anything goes it's around your family it's in your house it's what you allow to influence your life 
It's how we think and how we position ourselves. See, we look at a Sports Illustrated model who's eating a hamburger this size, and someone in us doesn't think that there's maybe something wrong with that. And what Paul's saying is that we need to take off the old and put on the new. That we're going to reject anything that might lead us that doesn't glorify God or, or bless our lives. We want to reject all those things. We want to we focus on what that which is right and that which is true. And see, if you're still thinking that it doesn't uh, apply to you, remember what Paul said after that? Some other things he said that we needed to put off that very few of us are going to be able to run away from. He said anger, unforgiveness. Greed. You know, I've asked people before if they thought they were greedy, and I've never had a person say that they, they thought that they might be greedy. But yet I tell you that many of us operate in our lives out of a sense of lack, and we latch on to, to stuff and to things and to money, and, and we believe that we have this scarcity mentality in our minds, and so therefore we hold on to it so tightly that those things become our God. And Paul's saying this, put those things away. Don't allow those, those attitudes, those mindsets to, to govern your life, but be transformed. Renew yourself. Take off the old and put on the new. See, we can, the taking off piece is only part of it. The second part is we've got to put something on, don't we? Take off and put on. Interesting story that I read this week about this old rough farmer. Um, he lived outside of a metropolitan city in a little sub suburb. And this community, this city, was just growing rapidly. And it was growing so much that people were moving by, by the hundreds out of the city and into this particular community uh, where he really owned just about all of the property, properties there. And, uh, the, you know, as the price of the property was going up, the demand was getting higher. And it was just, just lots of going on and so this guy this old rough farmer he decided what he was going to do was he was going to break off his, his his land he was going to cut it out into little plots and he was going to sell all his land off and that's what he did and over time he sold all of his property and it made him um, a lot of money I guess a lot of money to say the least it made him a very very wealthy man so much so that this Little old rough, rugged farmer who wore overalls everywhere actually owned the new country club that was in his town. You know, the place where everybody gathered, the to-do folks gather and golf, and he owned it. Well, one day he decided he was going to go uh, onto the property to the golf course. He's going to walk around, check out all the stuff he owned. He went to his golf course. And, and as he was walking around again, imagine this uh, raggedy, rugged farmer in his overalls. One of the guards uh, for the course pulled up beside him and picked him up, made him get in the cart, took him back to the pro shop, called the police, had the police come and get him, and ultimately had him put in jail for trespassing. Now, uh, that guard didn't have a job very long after that. You know what? But see, what was the problem? The problem was, was that the farmer didn't look like the man who was uh, wealthy and owned the country club. And because he didn't act the part or he didn't look the part, he's picked up. See, here's the problem that I see with a lot of Christians. It's sometimes I think that we are guilty of not looking the part. See, we've, we've been saved, we've come to Christ, we've come to a knowledge of Jesus, he's, he's come into our hearts, He's redeemed us, we've left that moment a, a new person in Christ, but you know what? We're still wearing some of our old rags. 
We're still wearing some of our old clothes. I mean, y'all have seen Christians, new men and women in old clothes before, haven't you? They, they leave their, that saving place, that moment of salvation with Jesus, and they wear all their old stuff around all the time. They don't change some of their habits. They don't change the way in which they live. They don't change their thought patterns. They don't change a lot of their actions. They call themselves a Christian, but they don't really dress the part. See, we want to take off the old and put on the new. We want to take off the old clothes. I love the imagery of the early church. When they would baptize somebody, they would bring them in and they would baptize them with all of their clothes on. They'd baptize them fully clothed. And then when they came up out of the water, they would take their old clothes, they would throw them away, and they would give them this, this new white robe to wear. And it was to signify the change that had taken place in their life. The old man is gone, the new man has come. That's what Paul's saying. You, if you've received Christ this morning, there's not an old man left in you. Now, I know sometimes we feel like there's an old man or old woman in there because we have this tension going on in our lives, fighting to do that which is right, and there's a, there's a war going on, but there's no old man in you. It's just you need to put on the new clothes. You need to take off what is old and you need to put on what is new. You need to be transformed by your, in your mind, by the renewing of your mind that uh, manifests itself into the actions and the ways in which you live. The old man is gone. The new is come. What we need to do is act like it. Take off the old and put on the new. Now, how do we do this? How do we make some of these changes? Well, first, it's going to take a little bit of confidence. It's going to take a little bit of strength. Because, you know, the, the truth of the matter is, is we can't make this change on our own accord, can we? There's some changes that are just not possible for us. They're hard changes. I mean, there's certain little things that we can do and make some changes. But Christianity is not a... Um, do-it-yourself, pull-up-your-own-bootstraps kind of religion. It's a heart religion. It's where we yield ourselves to the power of the Holy Spirit to do a work in us that we can't do. There was a, in a, my, one of my devotions this week, it was an interesting story about a teacher who had a, one of his pupils, a student, and they went for a walk in the, in the woods. And he, they're walking along, and they come to these four different trees, four different plants. And the teacher looks at the, the student, and he, and he says, go over there and pull the first one up. Well, he walks over, and the first one's just a, a little, sat, little tree. I mean, it's just barely coming up out of the ground. And the young man reaches over, and he pulls it up with very little problem, easy to pull up. He says, now, now pull the second one. Well, the, the second one was a sapling. It was probably this big or so. And so a little bit more of a tug, but it, it came up out of the ground pretty easily. And then the third one, it, this one was a shrub. This one was pretty big. And so this one, he took all of his might. I mean, he worked hard at it, took him some time. He was heaving on that bush and pulling on that bush. And finally, that shrub came up out of the ground. And then you know what the fourth one was? It was a tree about this big around. He said, now go pull it up. Well, the young guy walked over to it and bear hugged it pretty good. He couldn't even shake the leaves. When he stepped back after he'd had enough, the teacher said something that we all know. There are certain things in your life that you can't fix, that you can't pull up, that you can't take care of your, on your own. You need a greater power.
power to do that. I'm going to tell you, that's some good news for me and a whole bunch of us this morning. That we don't have to rely on ourselves to fix some of our biggest issues. That when we yield ourselves to God, when we allow the Holy Spirit to work in our hearts and in our lives, I, I can't really even describe the power of the transformation, the, the metamorphosis that can uh, take place in your life and my life when we yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit and allow the oh, ugly worm that we oftentimes are become the butterfly that God has intended us to be. So I want to give you three ways this year in which very quickly, in which you can begin to focus on taking off the old and putting on the new. The first one is seek Christ. It's the very first thing that Paul said in our chapter today in verse 1. He said, look for the things above. Seek what is right. Look for the things above. You know what? You will always find what you're looking for. Whatever you really look for, what you set your mind to in 2016 is what you will end up finding. The idea for us is we need to maybe, if you want to put off the old, you want to uh, take on the new, if you want to walk into God's best for your life, if you want to walk into his blessing, if you want to be all that God has called you to be, then it's going to determine or it's going to be determined by what you look for. Change your focus. Look on the things. Look for the things above. You know how you can do that? You can be in church on Sunday morning. You can be a part of a community of believers like this. You can take the front of our bulletin if you're not already in a, a Sunday school class or a small group or something like that and you can get involved. You can serve in missions. There are lots of opportunities to, to serve in this community and really uh, around the world. And I'm telling you when you get into that process and you're serving, and you're learning, and you're being discipled, something happens in our lives. We look up one day, and we go, man, things are different in me. So it depends on what you look for. So let's seek Christ. You know, the other one is think Christ. That's what Paul said. He said, think about not the things on the earth, but think about the things of the Spirit. Think about the things that are above. You know, what you think about will determine who you are. You know, you, your parents used to say it to you too, didn't they? What comes in or what goes in is what comes out. You ever heard that? They were, my dad was talking to me about music. He didn't like the fact that I listened to the Grateful Dead and all those kind of people when I was growing up. He said, boy, what you put in is what's going to come out. And there's a lot of truth to that. What we think about, what we set our mind to, that's what we will become. And I'm going to tell you, living in the world, this is not just, uh, Christianity is not a, a religion for the mindless. I mean, you need to think through it. We need to be able to discern what is right for us. We need to discern the right path for us. You can't accept everything that the world's throwing at you and trying to influence you to believe. You've got to discern what direction that you want to go. So you need to seek Christ. You need to think Christ. And the last one is, is that you need to live it. Live it. I am in the constant process of taking off the old and putting on the new. Every time I think I'm a little bit closer to being where God wants me to be, I realize I've got a long way to go. You ever been there before? And close, but yet so far. And it's all right, because as we grow in knowledge of, of Christ in our life, what ends up happening is we go through this process that we Methodists call sanctification, where God is continually changing and renewing us and making us to conform. We're, we're not conforming, but we're transforming, so we're uh, conforming to his likeness. And you know when that process ends? The day you step into heaven. And that's a beautiful thing for all of us. 
seek Christ, think Christ, and live Christ. Amen? Let us pray together. Almighty God, we are just thankful today, God, that you're with us. That in those uh, moments, God, when we don't feel like we can make it, when the challenges seem too big, when the transformation that we need to go through seems um, just, uh, just too monumentous for, for us to even climb, God, uh, Lord, you are there. And so, Lord, right now in our hearts, we just yield ourselves to you. We yield our, our hearts, our minds to the Holy Spirit. We, Lord, invite you to come in. We invite you, Lord, to transform us, to move in us, to realign us, to redeem us. Lord, so that we can enter into this new year walking in your best for our lives. And God, we're thankful today that you're faithful. Lord, all we need to do is to look back at some of the darker days that we've already gone through in dark seasons. And Lord, we know that you brought us through every place, every time, every season. You were there. So God, we know because you're the same today, yesterday, and that you'll be the same forever. And so we claim that this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.